scripture this morning is going to come out of the book of James, chapter 1, and it's going to read as follows. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, but for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. You may take your seat. And that is James chapter 1. I was here maybe a few months ago, a month or something like that, and the Lord led me back to it again today. And I don't take the Lord lightly. I truly believe it's a reason, especially when he takes me back to a scripture I've already given life upon. But the word of God here this morning is dealing with something that we all sit here today and no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter what color you have on today, no matter all the things in life you've done to try to put yourself in a good position with God, you're going to deal with something. And the two words I'm going to give you today is deception versus integrity. Deception versus integrity. It's a battlefield for all of us, no matter who you are. And, and it's something that I, I will keep emphasizing today that, and I, and I feel like I need to start off here with, the Bible says pride comes before the fall. Please don't sit today and think that you'll never have to worry about deception in your life. Because I'm going to speak about a man at some point today, and his name was David. And the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. Listen to this. I don't want to rush through this. I want you to try to get this. David was a man in the Bible after God's own heart. Yet and still, he failed to deception. Yet and still, it entered his heart. And he tried everything he could to get it out of his heart. He even had a man killed trying to cover up the deception. <laughs> so what I want you to understand today is deception is a broader sense of telling a lie. When we tell a lie, a lie means that you just don't tell the truth. Children, adults. But deception is when you misrepresent the truth. You try to make something that's false seem truthful to other people. So deception is, is much worse than just telling a lie. A straight lie is just don't want to tell the truth. But when we misrepresent, when we make folk think something is and it's not, 
that's what we all deal with in our life. And we tend to try to take the path of least resistance. But we must be intentional about resisting that impulse. Human nature wants to follow its own ways. And this is why we're backing desires and how we're being tempted. And, and our greatest strengths can become our greatest weaknesses when channeled in the wrong direction. According to this scripture here in James, it speaks of a progression from desire to temptation to sin to death. We have something going on that we love immediate gratification. And immediate gratification often creates a dangerous, dangerous situation. Because we want to gratify this flesh and we tend to believe that, oh, that's not that bad. If I do this, I'm not hurting anyone. The wrong turn can happen. And then we try to do damage control. And typically when we do damage control, it's like <coughs> the snowball just rolls and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We've told one lie after the next lie. And we've deceived one deception after the next deception, and it tends to become a part of who we are. And once people know that you are a liar, that they can't believe what comes out of your mouth. So maybe you're not telling them a, a blatantly lie, but you're deceptive in telling them the truth. Once folk know you by this, and it's sad that this is in the church, but we are human. So this is why I preach to you, because the Word of God was put here to warn us and to give us examples of how we should live and how we shouldn't live. Amen. When the Bible here says, but each one is tempted when he is in the 14th verse drawn away by his own desires and enticed, I want to stop right there for a second. Enticed, as I've often said, is, is to attract artfully, to persuade someone to do something. So the Bible here says that when we're tempted, we're drawn away by our own desires and enticed. So I want you to start looking at this thing like this. When the temptation is part of the process, it's because we're dragged away and we're persuaded by something that we want on the inside. So there is a pulling away from God's word. And now we are actually having a conversation. And some of you will be able to say amen to this. You're having your own conversation about doing wrong. Well, it can't be that bad. Well, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Well, if I do this, I mean, I can ask God for forgiveness. You're dragged away by your own desires. Listen, it's not... Satan is dragging you. You're being dragged by your own desires. What's on the inside? The inside of you is having a conversation with doing wrong. You're trying to justify everything that's getting ready to happen. Roadblocks have been put up, but you're justifying if I just do it one time. I ain't going to do it no more. Pastor might have been there. If I just do it one time. See, some of y'all don't want to be real. But Pastor Mike been there. Just one time. If I just eat one Dorito, I'll wrap the rest of the thing up. <laughs> it never happens. 
I look back 30 minutes later, and the bag is gone. <laughs> I'll just take a few. I told Lady Mama here last night about some chips. I said, if you eat one, you're going to have to eat another. <laughs> That's how life is as far as this flesh. One time is one time too many. Mm -hmm. One time, people, is one time too many. Deception will take you down a, a lonely road. Deception, if you're not careful, will take you down a road of prison. Deception, if you're not careful, will take you down a road of folk around you don't trust nothing you say. Deception versus integrity. So, integrity means to be honest. How many, how many folk do we have that say they love God? How many honest folk that no matter what's coming, no matter what's going on in your life, and we at that time of year, whether it's your taxes. <laughs> see, some of y'all sit and say, oh, no, never made it up. Deception with David didn't just deal with sex, but it dealt with trying to cover up. And when we try to cover up, it takes a whole different shape. It's no more just covering up just that. But now you put yourself in a position where everybody around you see you totally different once they find out how you deceive folk. One thing that I'll, I'll tell you how, this, how temptations are. Temptations are like birds. You can't stop them from flying around your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your head. Temptations are like birds. You can't stop the temptations from being all around you. But you can stop it from building a nest in your head. Preacher, make that a little bit more simple. The more attention you give to the temptation, the more it will fester and build up and you will begin to embrace whatever it is. And what you'll do is, here we go, you're drawn away, you're dragged away and persuaded about something. It's not the enemy. Don't stop putting this on Satan. Well, the devil made me do it. The devil doesn't do you a lot. <laughs> According to the word of God, you're telling a lie. That's the first lie. The devil, no. I did it because it was something on the inside. And you can't be dragged away until you do this. Pay attention to this. Maybe, whatever this is, I really love this. And no matter whether I'm around it, in front of it, on the side of it, that can't bother me until I give it attention. It can be all to the side. It can be behind me, on top of my head. It can be down here, up here. But until I give it attention, and we all should sit here today and know that we know what our tendencies are. We know that, Lord, I don't want to cuss. I don't want to curse folk out. But you know if somebody push a certain button, you're going to curse them out. You need to know what your triggers are. If you know chocolate has gotten the best of you and the doctors have told you too much of this is going to hurt you, then you need to know you can't be around that. You can't have that in your house. If you know that drugs is a problem, 
you can't go around friends that do drugs. Because something on the inside, I promise you, is going to drag you away and it's you that's being dragged. Man, I didn't want to do that. Yes, you did. <laughs> the first part of really understanding you have a problem is admitting I have a problem. Confession is so important to understanding and knowing the word of God. You must understand that it will hurt you. It's not that it won't hurt you, but it will hurt you, whatever it is. If you know that, especially in the past, this has been something that I've dealt with. This has been something that has caused me a lot of harm, have caused me a lot of pain. Why go back to it? If you know this individual has caused you a lot of pain, this is for somebody. You keep giving that same individual chance after chance, and you you saw it the first time, but you didn't want to believe it. <clears throat> you saw that he wouldn't keep his hands off of you, but you didn't want to believe it. You still, when he brought you flowers and when he came back and said, oh, I love you, you still wanted to believe it. You wanted to believe her when she said, oh, I'll never do this and do that again. You wanted to believe it. So guess what happened? It's what's on the inside that drags you away. And now you're over here having a conversation with yourself. Well, I, I think he's, I think she's, well, I believe this. Well, I believe that. And then you only, to find yourself later on, you're in such a mess. You're in such a mess that you can't get out of it. Well, I'm going to tell you, some of you that have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 23. And we're going to deal with the 24th verse. But I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of Matthew because some folk think Jesus was just kind of, he loved everybody. Yeah. But some folk didn't believe that Jesus would get into your ring. <laughs> Jesus would tell you about yourself. In Matthew 23 and 24 verses where I'm going to use part of my text here is blind guides who strain out a net and swallow a camel. Straining out of a net and swallowing a camel. Some of you may have seen this and never knew what it really meant. The Pharisees, it says, were ceremonially clean on the outside, but they were corrupt on the inside. The Pharisees and the scraps here, all through this text, you'll see where Jesus, when you have time, go back and read the 23rd chapter here. And you'll constantly see Jesus telling them how they were blind and, and they were hypocrites. And he was saying how that your cup that you have is, is clean on the outside, but on the inside is dirty. He was saying outwardly you appear to be righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. On the outside, he was saying that you appear to be clean, like these white suits. You appear to be clean. But on the inside, you got some junk going on. You got some stuff inside of you. That if you don't deal with that first, you see, they were trying to keep the folk from following Jesus. If you don't deal with that first, it don't make a hill of beans that the outside is clean. Because what's on the inside is you've been so self-absorbed and you're so lost in your own perspective. He was saying, stop focusing on the big things. I mean on the little things and not focusing on the big things. Straining out a net and swallowing a camel means 
I'm going to give you a practical application. Your child comes home, and they were late getting home, so you put them on punishment. The next day your child comes home and slaps his brother or sister, and you don't do nothing. You pay more attention to the little stuff than to the big stuff. So this is what the Pharisees were doing. They were busy making the law hard on folk. And they were just paying attention to everything except for you must follow Jesus. They were worried about the law. And the law was, was just making folk be oppressed. And, 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 and it was hard for folk to live by that. And that's what Jesus was telling these Pharisees that you all should be ashamed of yourself. You're nothing but hypocrites because you worry about that net instead of being concerned about the big picture. How many of us worry about stuff that, and I tell folks this sometimes when they come to me when I'm counseling, you worry about the wrong stuff. You worry about the wrong stuff. You're trying to figure out why your relationship is all over the place. It's because you worried about because he didn't put the toilet seat down. You worried about because um, maybe he didn't get you flowers on your birthday. You worried about, but you're not concerned about that. They, I saw a movie one time, they said the 80-20 rule. <laughs> You'll take that 20 and forget about the 80. You'll forget about the one that's at home cooking dinner for you. You forget about the one at home that's taking care of your children. You forget about the one that's at home really keeping the house together just for something quick and easy out there in the street. Deception versus integrity. Deception versus integrity. And here, you're dragged away. Here we go. I want y'all to start seeing being dragged away. Being enticed means dragged away. This is what you'll do. Well, she don't do this and do that for me. Well, he don't do this and do that. He don't pay the bills all the time like he should. Well, she don't, and you're just getting further and further dragged away. And it's you. Well, this is why I don't do this and do that with him at night. Because he talks to me nasty. He talks to me wrong. We're dragged away, and we're having this whole conversation within ourselves. And it's doing you no good. Amen. It's doing you no good. It's tearing you up on the inside. There's nothing positive about you sitting around talking to yourself. You better talk to Jesus. Ain't nothing positive about you talking about, Lady Monique, she didn't do this or she didn't do that. And, 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 and I'm telling you, idleness is what? As witchcraft. Why does the Bible talk about that? Because the more idle you are, the enemy sits there and he just throws thoughts, he throws them, and then here we go. You just entertain them. You embrace them. And before you know it, you've embraced something that's not true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now, the deception, here we go. You're actually deceiving yourself. And ain't nothing like deceiving yourself. It's one thing to deceive others, but when you deceive yourself, it's hard for you to be changed because in your mind and in your heart, you believe what that lie is. You now believe that lie. You ever been around anybody that's told a lie and you know that they were telling a lie because you was with them when whatever it is happened. And they told the lie for so many years until they believed it and they come back to you and tell you that lie like you weren't even there. Yep. 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 
You remember when we did such and such? You're like, no, we didn't. But you'd have told this lie so long. <laughs> tell you believe it. You can tell yourself so much stuff until you mess up your own mind and your own heart. And if you're not careful, the stuff that you will deal with, the stuff that, that will sit on your, your, your doorstep is, is, listen to this saying here. What a web we weave when we practice to deceive. Why is that saying like that? Because the more lies and deception that you put out, you get trapped by your own web. You set a web for other folks, and you end up running right into your own web. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's true. Trap, entrapment. You trapping yourself, mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out why I can't get out of stuff. You're doing it to yourself. Stop giving the devil all the strength. I believe the devil is sitting back sometime, and he just got his feet kicked up thinking, oh, yeah, I got it. Mm -hmm. They don't even realize it ain't even me. I ain't even got to go to work today. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The world should not have more integrity than us. Building a house of cards will tumble when it's built on a foundation of deception. As I told you, David was a man after God's own heart. He had a lot of character. He had integrity. But yet still, he fell prey to being deceived. Given the right circumstance in this world, all of us here today, from Pastor Mike on back, stand the opportunity to be deceived. Given the right circumstance, put you in the right circumstance with the right temperature, with the right weather outside, with the right person, with that someone or that something. It ain't always someone, but that someone or something. Make the conditions just perfect. We all stand the possibility of being deceived. So it's so important to understand and know that without God, it's impossible. Every day you should be falling on your knees and you should be saying, Father, I need you today. I want to, every wait and see and everything that, that so easily besets me because it's easily steps up on my doorstep. It's not anything hard. It easily besets me. He said, I need to do away with it every day. Every day, no matter what it is, no matter who it is, I need to do away with it. Maybe I like to take my time and not get to church on time. If that steps on me and anybody's toe, just say, ouch. Well, I got everybody to get here on time, so nobody said ouch. But it's so important to understand and know Temptation don't care what your color is. Temptation doesn't care what your name is. Temptation doesn't care what kind of degree you have. Temptation doesn't care how much money you have in your pocket. Temptation doesn't care who your mom or your daddy is. Temptation doesn't care how much you pray. Temptation doesn't care. Just take a moment and think about the stuff you've gotten caught up in. And I do believe that whoever it is, Especially if you say you know God. I believe you're a praying person. I believe that, you know, you want to do right by God. But think about what you have gotten caught up in. You said, I'm not going over there. I'm not going by there. And only to find yourself, your shoes are sitting right there. <laughs> you told yourself, 
I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to go down the straight and narrow. But yet still you find yourself parked right there where you know you shouldn't be. Misplaced desires. And it leads to temptation. It seems harmless, but reaping devastating consequences. Mm. Collateral damage. You ever take a rock and throw on a pond or a river? When that rock hits, waves just go out. Collateral damage. If I had a bucket right now, and it was full of water, and I went to throw it on Lady Monique, Deacon and Seacom get some of the water. Collateral damage. Some of you think it is harmless. Some of you think I'm not hurting nobody. But other folk are being hurt by your decisions. That's right. Other folk are crying because of your decisions. That's right. Because of your inability to not trust God. Because God started off today about God is able. And somebody needed to hear that today, and not just the entire church. Because some of us know God is able, and we, re we reach to God, and we seek out God. He says, seek his face. And we do that. But somebody here today, you see, I've been at a time in my life where I was in so much pain that I couldn't even pray. And some folk that think that they that would never happen to them. It's nothing like something that takes over your every thought 24-7. When you try to go to sleep, you think about it. When you wake up, you think about it. When you put your coffee on the stove, you think about it. When, when you're trying to go to work and do your work, you think about it. When you're talking to folk, you think about it. When you're talking to people, you break down and, and start crying and you don't even know where it came from. Mm -hmm. See, I got a testimony. Mm -hmm. It was nobody but God that delivered me out of that situation, out of that time where my mind was on my issues. And when I wanted to pray, it felt like I just couldn't pray. Mm -hmm. Oh, baby, trust me as you sit here. It's going to be a time in your life if it haven't already happened. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's why we spoke last week about agreeing in prayer. It's important to have a prayer buddy. It's important to be able to reach out to somebody that can have fervent and effectual prayer that they can say, hey, look here, right now you chill out. I got you. Right now, don't you worry about opening up your mouth. I got you. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that no matter what you deal with, Yes. You can phone a friend, you can reach out to a friend, but you got somebody that you can count on. In the midst of your troubles, not their troubles, your troubles, I can reach out and know that they're going to get a prayer through. I can reach out and know that no matter what I'm dealing with from mama, daddy, cousin, friends, from family don't like me no more, I can reach out to you. Can you be that person today? And it don't matter what your age is. There's some young people that can pray better than some of the uh, older people. You see, the Pharisees, the problem that they had, they wanted to be seen. And that's what Jesus was telling them. You all want to be seen by your long prayers. You want to be seen by the stuff that you do. You want folk to see you as like you're all that. It says they would walk around with this bag and a strap and it was... 
attached to the forehead and the arm just so people would know that they were dignitaries. <laughs> well, we got folk in today's time, you might not have stuff strapped up like that, but we got folk that have things on them that they want people to identify them as, oh, you're all that in a bag of chips. My guy. He was saying, just give me somebody that will pray. Somebody. That when I'm having issues and my mind is all over the place when I'm I'm oppressed and, and I got more junk going on. Give me somebody that say, hey, stop, I got you. Yes, yes. Can you imagine having that friend in your life? You want to talk about ride or die? That's a ride or die. Amen. It don't matter what time of night it is. Come on. You might need a breakthrough at 2 o'clock in the morning. You might need a breakthrough at 7 o'clock a.m. You might need a breakthrough during dinner time. Somebody going to stop and not going to text you and say, well, I'm at dinner right now. I'll call you right back. But they're going to stop. Amen. And say, so, you know what? Your mental health, your physical health means more to me than sitting here eating this food or doing whatever. See, we don't spend enough time caring about other people. Oh, oh my God. All we do, we care about self, and, and we got to make sure that self is okay. Self has everything in the house is right. Self bank account is right, but we don't care about other folk that are crying out they need somebody to help them. They've done something for so long oh that in their mind, they got a pathway set up in their mind, and they don't know how to do anything else that's right. They are actually dysfunctional, but that's their normal. Yikes. That's their normal. It's dysfunction. So when they come around us, we have conversations. And we say, Hey, Monique, can you believe she did that? We say it on our breast Tell 
Someone tell God, and you don't tell this anybody now, you got to know who's your confidant. Amen. A confidant won't spread your business. A confidant won't put you out on Facebook. A confidant won't put you on Instagram. A confidant will be like, yo, whatever you tell me, it's here. Right. If they're married, it don't even go to their husband or wife. That's right, it don't go to their children. It don't go to other folk in the church. Man, let me tell you about Sister Kim. Let me tell you about Dickness Kim. But don't tell nobody. <laughs> That's where you messed up when you said don't tell nobody. Mm -hmm. I promise you. It's something about the human yes, it nature. Is. Yes, it is. We just got to tell stuff. Mm -hmm. Why folk do murders and crimes and got away with it? And here they are, they did it when they was 20. Here they are now, 67 years old. They're like, I got to tell it. I got to get it out. They got to tell on themselves. Human nature. God made us a certain way. And there's certain things we're going to do and certain things we're going to deal with. But the one thing that I'm trying to give you today is this, and, and I'm going to bring it home here in just a minute because we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Because I need you to, and you can actually you can start turning there. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You must know beyond a shadow of a doubt. No matter what the temptation is, no matter what the sin is, God got you. You must be able to lay down and say, I have a ride or die. And folks think you just plumb crazy. Who your ride or die? I thought I was your. No, not you, because you're going to tell something if I tell you. My ride or die is God. My ride or die in the middle of the night is God. My ride or die when I'm sitting at the table and I'm thinking crazy thoughts is God. That's who I need to go to. God gave us emotions to use them. People understand all that glitters. Ain't made of gold. Understand that some grass you see in other people's yards is not real. <laughs> it's grass that's been planted. Just because you look at somebody else's house, somebody else's doorstep, and you think, oh, they just have it so good. No, they don't. Everybody goes through something. Some of us are just better at hiding our stuff because we don't need you to know all our business. I have my own stuff that I deal with. I don't need to come to church and tell everybody. No matter what it is. You don't need to come to church and tell everybody. You don't need to tell people, oh, well, now someone befriends you. And you think, oh, this is my bud. Yeah. What you call them, BFF or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and then you want to reveal everything that you should have kept in your own closet. But you want to give them stuff out your closet and say, and, and what you don't realize, their closet are already full. They don't have no more to put into their closet. So that's why your stuff ends up on Facebook or your stuff ends up with a friend. Because their closet is already full with their junk. All right, but you thought that they were capable of holding your stuff and putting your stuff in their closet. It's your closet. Fuck tell you. <laughs> Go into your secret closet. Good. Your closet is with you and Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. But what you try to do is go into somebody else's closet. <laughs> I can't believe they did me like that. I'm just so hurt. I don't ever want to go back to church. Don't blame the church. Blame you. That's right. It's from your own desires. It's from what you fell into. But this is the God that I serve according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says in 13 verse, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. 
And I want to break this down just piece by piece as I go. So the enemy will isolate you. Listen to the word. Isolate you. He will get you by yourself to make you think it's all about you. You ain't that special, baby. Some of us need to stop thinking we're that special. That the enemy just stops and says, I'm just going to deal with you for the rest of your life or the rest of my life, or however his time or whatever. It, it ain't about that. The Bible says it right here. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. It's common to so many other people, but you think it's just about you. Oh, I can't tell you why. It seems like it's just me. Seems like I'm always going through something. Somebody sitting here, you say this a lot. Seems like I'm always going through something. Seems like I'm always dealing with something. Well, you are, but everybody else is too. <laughs> I don't know why you woke up and thought it's all about you. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation. Listen here. He said the very thing that is tempting you. I'm going to use that to give you a way of escape. But we are with the temptation. With the temptation. Listen to the word there. With the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Guard your heart. For out of it flows issues of life. For the peace of God will guard your heart. Amen. Try to bring you out here. You're riding down the interstate. And you've been driving for hours. Only to realize, and I did this the other day, but I wasn't driving for hours. I was in the city, thank God. You've been driving for hours only to realize I'm going the wrong direction. <laughs> I was intending to go down Melrose and come up a certain way on Shenandoah, and I was going to turn on 10th Street, and I just had my mind just, I don't know what I was doing. Before I knew it, I was down there near Rome Civic Center. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And I turned that van and I went up through different places and I got back on track. Some of you, you've been running, driving down the wrong road for quite some time. But when he said, I'll make a way for you to escape, yes. let me show you how pretty it is. I'm on 81. Get me. Man, I'm going the wrong way because I wanted to go south, but I'm going north. This is how awesome God is. He'll give you a ramp that you can get off, take an exit. If I had to title my message today, even though I'm talking about deception and integrity, I would tell you, take the exit ramp. Some of you have been in so much mess and so much has been going on, and you don't realize God is setting a ramp up every few miles telling you, look, just take the exit. The ramp is waiting for you. All you got to do is pull off. Even if before you get to the ramp, you got to pull off the side of the road and stop. Get yourself together. Keep going forward and pull off on the ramp. I got a ramp for you, and when you come off the ramp, guess what? It's going to lead you back to the other side, and you can get back on the right side. But until you recognize that you're going the wrong way, until you realize, see, there has to be a realization that I am going, I am doing the wrong thing. And some of you, 
this is what you've done. You've gotten movement mixed up with progress. You've got movement confused with progress. You see, movement is physical motion from point A to B. Progress is advancement, development. Progress is going somewhere. Some of you have gotten mixed up. Oh, well, I'm doing something. Well, you could be doing something and, do, and basically doing nothing. You ever been around the house all day? Some of you that have that opportunity to stay home sometime, and you realize, oh, my Jesus, it's 5 o'clock. I ain't did nothing. I ain't got nothing accomplished. I said I was going to have clothes washed by a certain time. I said I was going to work on a car. I said that I was going to go move some stuff downstairs. I said that I was going to do this. And you look at the time and say, oh, Jesus, I ain't did nothing. You started out, you might have moved a little something and somebody called you. You started out, you went to do this or whatever, and there was another problem. You started out and you thought, well, I'm going to go bake this cake. Only to realize every, the batter and everything is still in the bowl and you ain't put it in the stove. <laughs> this is how life is. Don't mix up movement with progress. Movement, you're going to just be doing stuff. But progress, you need to be seeing some advancement, some development. See, that's like in a relationship. Don't get mixed up because he's doing a little of this or she's doing a little of this, a little of that. Get mixed up and they, they ain't really doing nothing. They just buy time. No, no, no. Be in relationships. Where you see progress. My God, Pastor. My God. My God. Oh, my God. I know that's God. Some of you have been in relationships for a long time, only not to even understand there's no progress. Y'all cool with just chilling with each other, having social time. <laughs> they cool with social time. But you ain't going nowhere. No progress. It's about like somebody that you get married, you're, you're young, and you don't know how to cook, and you start kind of throwing stuff together, and five years from where you start trying to do things, your husband or children can say, man, mama's still <laughs> That's movement, but no progress. So I'm going to put Simone out there right now. <laughs> Evan told us Wednesday night, he said, man, Simone been throwing down all week cooking down. <laughs> he was happy to go home, but he knew it was a meal there. <laughs> and not just any meal. But he said she been throwing down. He didn't say, oh, she been cooking. He said throwing down. <laughs> And Lady Mo told me this morning, I'm so glad. I don't know where it comes from, but she said, I'm so glad. She was just thinking, I'm so glad my baby Simone is really cooking and doing that thing. She was giving you the kudos this morning. And I don't know where it comes from because she wasn't talking about statement. That's progress. That's progress. Because maybe when you started, it might testify to this about time. But maybe when you started. It wasn't all that. Maybe it was. I'm not saying it was. <laughs> but they talked about our collard greens right now. Woo, I'm going to use them for a second. 
That's what they probably was talking about, collard greens. And, and even Lady Mo said, yeah, wait a minute now, she makes some good collard greens. Yes, Progress! Don't get movement mixed up with actually advancing whatever it is that you're doing. Folk can get that working for me. You can work for me, but yet still, a year later, I don't see no progress. I see movement. You got to go. I see movement. You're just kind of making it look good, but you really ain't learning nothing. In life, I'm going to try to leave you here. Learn something about life. Come on now. Learn something. You should want to see some progress in the Word of God. Amen. Whatever you do, coaches out here, when they take players on, I heard Brother Kevin tell me this uh, a couple weeks ago. It was like, you know what? They might not know how to do this at the beginning, but by the time it's done, they've learned something. That's how life must be. Stop just existing and just moving. Come on now. Exactly. Hold your men accountable. We're going to touch and agree. We're going to do more than this. Where we are today, we're not going to be here tomorrow. I don't care how long you've been married. Amen. I don't care how long you've been dealing with somebody. I don't care if you've been sitting here dating for somebody, somebody for 15, 20 years, y'all still don't want to get married, whatever that reason is. But <laughs> progress. <laughs> progress, people. When your children go to school, why do you think they give them a report card? To show their progress. If they didn't have something to, to size up exactly what they're doing every day, every month, every quarter, whatever, every nine weeks, whatever it is, they need to see some progress. Well, why we don't do that in our life, especially with God? Amen. You should be able to sit back and say, all right, God, That's right. this is where I was in January. That's right, Pastor. This That's is right. where I am in February. That's right. We can take and put something on the wall about how tall our child is growing. Well, this is where you were, little boo-boo, when you were five. And now you're ten, you're up here. But we don't do that in our life. And what that tells me is, is maybe you don't want to grow. Come on, Pastor Mike, please. Maybe you don't want to grow. Maybe you're okay with just existing. Maybe you're okay with just coming to church. Lord, do your mercy. bit and then leave. Trust me, we need money. Don't get me wrong. God, we no. need money to pay these bills. But if I can tell you what I really want to see out of this ministry, I want to see growth. My God. I want to be able to say we started here. My God. But look where we are now. We started here. But look where we are now. God ain't concerned about 50,000 people being in a church, 500 people being in a church, 100 people being in a church. He's looking for some strong, some powerful church. Some people that if it's just two of y'all, he said we're two. Listen to this. God didn't say where there's a thousand. He said where there's two. Ecclesiastes, yes sir. Where there's two that agree. In my name. We don't have some folk out here agreeing in his name, and that's why they're doing it and they're working hard and they're just doing it, doing it, doing it. It's themselves. They're self-absorbed themselves. God says, I need two folk. Two is better than one. That's right. That will touch and agree. Come on now. Pass the mic. Mike and Simone. Start touching each other and agreeing. Yes, sir. Richard and Vicky. Start touching and agreeing. Brother Abbott, Deacon Abbott, and Elder, start 
touching and agreeing. It is unacceptable to be married and not touching and agreeing. Come on, Pastor Mike. It's unacceptable to have a friend. I'm not the wrong. It's unacceptable to have your friends around you. Because you don't have to be married to touch and agree, but it's unacceptable for you just to go to work every day, for you to come into the church, for you just to do this and do that, but you don't have nobody you can grab and touch and agree. My it's God. unacceptable. Honestly, my God. Oh, yes. Grab each other. Yeah. Say, let's pray. Instead of let's talk, let's pray. Yeah. Even if it's for one minute, let's pray. Perfect and effectual prayer of the righteous says it availeth much. Perfect and effectual prayer availeth much. Perfect and effectual prayer availeth much. Come on, church. Perfect and effectual prayer availeth much. Perfect and effectual prayer availeth much. You see, folks should be walking by this church want to know what's going on in there. Oh, Lord, God, I need to hear some of that. Glory be to God. Some of y'all miss what I just seen. Uh -huh. The lady out here, yeah. she got it right there. She put her hands up. Yeah. She, some of y'all don't realize the power in God, not the power in you, yeah. but the power in God. Yeah. Some of y'all will be in situations and you don't even understand why you're in that situation. It's because there is no power of God. My God is more than enough. I am more than a conqueror. My God is more than enough. My God said, I will make a way with the temptation of escape for you. The very thing that you caught up in, I'm going to use that to get you out of it. I don't know how many of you ever looked at that scripture like that. But he said, with the temptation, I will make a way of escape. With the temptation, what you're in, what you're dealing with, I'm going to use that to get you out of it. Because why? Because I'm God. And I can take nothing and make something. I can take something and turn it into whatever I want. But you just got to trust and believe that I'm God. That I'm more than. You got to trust and believe that there's somebody on the inside that says, great is he that's on the inside of you. You, 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 me, you, 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 you. That he that is in the world. Satan ain't got nothing on you but what you allow him to have on you. You'll be your worst enemy. He ain't got nothing on you. I serve a God that said that you're the head and not the tail. I serve a God that says that you're above and not beneath. I serve a God that says that the enemy that you are constantly allowing to have. Have you caught up? Yeah. The Bible says that he's supposed to be trembling at the name of Jesus. Church, whatever we're dealing with. Come on, start some grabbing and touching and agreeing with the folks. Stop all this stuff thinking, well, I'll do that on my own. Well, I'll go to work on my own. Well, I'll do this on my own. Some of y'all don't get it. Since the beginning of time, we wouldn't have stuff we have if God just took the sun and said, Done away with it. Oh no, I get him to go to work every day on my own. No, 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 no. If God decided that I'm doing away with the sun, <laughs> you ain't going to work. Some of you, we take it for granted because we've seen it for I don't know how many years, how old we are. Oh, the sun just stays in the sky. What if God just. Oh. Stop taking what you see for granted.
Hello, this is Pastor Mike. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope and pray that the Word of God truly enriches your life. In Jesus' name, amen.